Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. With Jessica and Georgia and all their friends, you never know how the story's gonna end. But storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Welcome to another episode of season two of Storytelling Saves the World a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making into your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Pack, and I'm here with my fabulous storytelling partner in crime, Georgia Trelawhi. Hi, Georgia. Hey, Jessica. It's so uh, good to be here with you and our guest today. I'm excited. We've had um, an interesting week. We got to be part of ITSTE, which is the International Society for Technology and Education. I always have to like say that slowly. And they're having their big conference this week. And Sunday, we got to kick it off with their online blended learning playground, which oh was gosh. pretty cool. That was so fun. Oh, I'm so glad you're mentioning that because we got to make some haiku with participants. That was and, super fun. And we're doing haiku as an assessment, which was kind of interesting. But um, I like the playground format. I always think of slides and swings in playgrounds, so it sounds like fun. Uh, but people could pop in and out and, you know, be a part of it. And so that was, um, that was a great way to kind of kick off the whole ITSD uh, 2020. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think my favorite thing about ISD is just being in really good company and being able to like click madly on all the different session options. Like I feel like I'm just a sponge for the last 48 hours, just absorbing and watching every single thing. It's been right, pounding coffee and staying awake. And it's like, I can, I can do one more. And it's cool because we noticed there are participants from around the world, like in our session, like, you know, Argentina and Chile and Africa. And it's like, it's such a great organization for that reason is that you can make all these connections worldwide that are in education which is kind of cool. You know, one of the sessions that I watched um, recording last night, which I, we should mention that all the ISTE sessions are getting recorded. So you can go back and consume them at your own leisure, which is fantastic. Um, but I actually went and watched the TED showcase um, of their masterclass for education. It was fantastic. There were like four different speakers giving little miniature TED talks and it was just so well put together. Um, one of my favorite things actually came from Dr. Michael Mills, who gave the third TED Talk. So if you decide to log on and listen, he's your guy. Um, <laughs> and he said, we as educators can embrace a level of cultural humility by learning about experiences and hurdles that our vulnerable students face. And that just really resonated with me because I thought, wow, this is what we love and what we foster with our kids, that whole equity through storytelling piece. I just... I don't know. I just, I was zooming last night in my brain. I just loved it. I tweeted, tweeted, tweeted practically everything this guy said. <laughs> that's, that's so, so awesome. Um, and then this Sunday, we're going to get to be in another playground because um, we, we play well with others. I think that's why we keep getting asked. Um, and it is the uh, digital storytelling playground. So we'll be doing some things around digital storytelling and I am poems and all that kind of cool stuff. And that will be Sunday from 9.30 to 11 Pacific Standard Time. One of the things I've learned with ITSTE is you have to get your world clock in order because <laughs> you, you're never quite sure what exact time things are starting in your part of the world. 
Oh, that is such good advice. And that is a two hour block. So we'll be very excited to have two different sessions in rotation there and help, uh, help introduce some storytelling maybe to some people who maybe haven't tried it before. So that's exciting. Well, for new listeners, Georgia and I bring a range of experiences to the show. I've been teaching middle school for 16 years and I'm also a California Teacher of the Year. And I have 32 years of classroom experience at the elementary level, yes. I started teaching before GPS was a thing. I don't know how I got anywhere. And seriously, anyone that knows me knows that is true. I am currently an instructional coach and we both have been using digital storytelling in our classrooms for more than a decade. Yes, we absolutely have. And the fact that digital storytelling has stuck with us, or rather we have stuck with it, and it's just remained a pillar of our instruction, I think that really says a lot about the validity of storytelling as a strategy and the impact that it has on our kiddos. So super, super excited. Today we have a, a lot of great stuff going on, right? We do, we actually have two guests today. I don't know if we've done the two guest format in Zoom, which adds another layer, but we can do it. So we're joined by two teachers who have, in the last year, year and a half, have just begun their digital storytelling journey and have already experienced great success in the distance learning environment. We're so excited to get to talk to you today, Casey and Andy. Thanks for being here. So um, Casey, could you um, tell us, introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background? Um, sure, hi, I'm Casey Ely. I teach art at La Quinta High School. Um, a little bit about myself as I'm actually a Coachella Valley native. I graduated from a high school in the district that I'm now teaching. Um, I also did my student teaching at a different high school in the same, um, and I'm actually at my rival high school from when I was um, a student. So a lot of times my older friends will say, hey, you're a traitor. Um, so I really love being in this, um, this small district and kind of getting to go to all the different schools. Um, I've worked in education for eight years now. Um, I was a museum educator at the Children's Discovery Museum and the Palm Springs Museum of Art. So non-traditional um, education is really where um, uh, my heart lies, and I really kind of love that we're doing a little non-traditional right now. Um, but yeah, so it's my third year teaching art at La Quinta High School. My name is Andy Buchanan. I'm originally from Michigan. That's where I grew up. Um, been teaching now for 25 years. Uh, most of it was, well, most of it's elementary. First six years was high school band. So I had a small band in Michigan and then came out here and taught one year down at La Quinta High School for a year. And then I got into the elementary I don't know how I went from high school to elementary, but it seemed to work. So um, not really knowing what to do with the kids, I mean, no instruments, I mean, just dance and clap. I'm like, so I go to Redlands, there is a uh, chapter that I'm in and they, they bring in um, artists and then we just kind of sit there like kids and they give us lesson plans after lesson plans and done it for years and I just got a good collection of it. So, but I'm enjoying, enjoying the time, especially now with the, uh, what's going on. I've been doing a lot of wee videos. So it's been, and they're great to have because I will have them down, down the line in the future. So I wouldn't be able to do that wasn't for this, what we're going through right now, because it takes a lot of time to make those, but it's been fun. So how have you been using WeVideo, Andy? What types of digital stories are you creating? Well, I took my first class when we went to Digicom in Georgia was my instructor at that time. So. That was funny how I looked back and like, oh my gosh, I could barely remember even how to turn, how to do the, do anything. And now here I'm, as you're going, you're learning more. So 
uh, is when we were closed down in March. That's when I decided to dive into it more. And I've been wanting the kids to listen to uh, The Planets by, by Holtz. And he did a whole movement of seven planets. But had the kids sit there and listen, how boring is that? So I came up with the idea of putting the music with the video um, of the actual planet. So when they're watching, I'm giving them planet facts. Plus, they're looking at the planets in different angles. They're talking about the moon. They're talking about everything about the planet. So while they're listening, they're also watching and learning about each planet. So that's when I I got into it. And then from there, I've just been doing other things with it. But that was my first step into to the wee video, and now I look back, I'm like, I want to go back and change some stuff, what you learn, but like Georgia said, don't go back, because you'll be there forever, just let it go, so. I, I told them, what, them they, what they used to tell us in Digicom, or, you know, that you never finish a movie, you just abandon it, because you would just keep working on it forever, and Andy, I have to tell you, I got cross-curricular goosebumps when you talked about, you know, Oh. Planetary information and music. I was like, ooh, speaking our language. <laughs> yeah. So my, my whole plan is sometime to patent it and make some money out of those because there's no one else has done I haven't looked anywhere. I haven't seen anybody do what, what I just did. It's, and it's great because now the kids can watch it and listen and, and learn at the same time. So it's been great. Casey, can you tell us how you've, like, incorporated incorporated digital storytelling, kind of what your journey has been? Yeah, of course. Um, I've done it, so I think for this, my second, third year doing it, I don't know. Um, but I, this last summer with you guys did the I Am poem and it just sparked so many just amazing thoughts in my head. And so that is what I'm actually currently working on with my art one students. My art two students have already finished it, but the biggest issue with art is getting supplies into their hands, right? I'm sure as a musician, music teacher, you understand without instruments how much more difficult our job is. So not having access to those supplies. I've also found that those supplies have been very, um, like the tactile experience of making art is really important, right? Not just on little Chromebooks, but like physically touching the Play-Doh. We, we make Play-Doh in my class. It's really fun. But so they don't have that um, you know, release of being able to like finger paint or do things like that. So um, they did the I am poem, but through the lens of a material, right? So they got to kind of explore a different material. And I was able to send home material to students who didn't have some. I waited out outside of my school by the flag post with a big box and some kids got Play-Doh, some kids got yarn, and they kind of got to explore the life of that material. And um, some students also introduced their own um, materials that I would have never thought of. So I was really blown away with what they've used to make art um, and what I never thought about to make art. So they're amazing. So it's great. Casey, how are the movies that you're making building empathy with your kiddos? Because I have to tell you, I watched some of your Let's Talk About Art videos and they are fantastic. So I'm just curious what that effect has been on your kids. You know, um, it's kind of one of the core pillars in my classroom. I only have three rules. Be courageous, be kind, and be safe. Um, we talk about a lot of really intense conversation uh, topics in my classroom, right? We talked about Kehende Wiley recently, and he explores a lot of very difficult um, paintings, and he recreates them with just a beautiful... Um, 
new life. And that's kind of what we talk about. We look at these things that are maybe hard and then they talk about how they can breathe new life into it, right? How can they create something that maybe is hard and then maybe make it beautiful for the next person? Um, and I think in art, we have to look silly, right? We have to be willing to be courageous and kind of get out of our comfort zone. And so I think it's really quick. They're really quick to learn. I can't be um, harsh or judgmental of other people because I'm going to get that right back. Um, and I want them to be accepting of what I create. So I think they've actually, um, there's a really lot, a lot of teamwork in my classroom, right? When someone's struggling, when someone's embarrassed to share their work, um, when someone is nervous, so there's kind of this camaraderie that like helps them. Well, and how wonderful, like you've been able to create that on a distance learning platform with creating, um, a, you know, a community of learners that are, feel safe to yeah. share their art. Because in the beginning, that's very scary for anyone, adults included. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you think of like how these students, you know, by the end of the year, you know, that could really bolster them to go on and do wonderful things when they feel safe in their community. Yeah. Um, I recently had a couple of students tell me that they only turn their camera on in my class and they don't quite feel comfortable in the other classes and I don't make it mandatory. Um, but because for the first couple of weeks, um, I had them just draw something random and then put it up in front of the webcam, like a line that told us how they were feeling, right? If it's a squiggly line or a sad line or an angry line. So you can kind of get to know a a student or a person without really seeing their face, right? We got to see what they created um, and then get to know them that way, which was good. And Andy, we're wondering, how do you see the movies you're creating expand your kids' worldview? Because I, I'm hearing that you're making lots of great stuff that centers around different countries and the music of those countries. I decided to do uh, uh, music around the world. And uh, what I do is I just start out with just the, the country's flag and then I give them choices, A, B, and C, and D, and to see if with the music playing in the background, and this is just a share screen, so it starts out just like that. And they have whiteboards, so they actually figure out maybe some in other countries, which is kind of amazing, some just guess. Um, and then I'll see, okay, A, B, C, okay, we'll see what the answer is. So then what I do is I start, the movie, I start my movie out with just a flag, and then of course pops up where, where it's from, like uh, let's say Scotland. And then it tells you what language they use, uh, what's the capital, and then it goes into the population. Where's it located in the world? I show them the world map, where we're located, where the Scotland's located. And then it goes into uh, scenery. So then it switch music. So it's all dealing with the country. So it's bagpipes for Scotland, and every country has their own music. So I just kind of about five, six different songs for folk songs and they watch and listen. And the next one comes up is uh, tourists, where you can go to like Italy with, you know, Coliseum, you see uh, Pisa and all that. And they go different country or different landscapes. And then it goes into clothing. What clothes did they wear back in that time? And then it goes into foods. What foods do they eat? And sports, what sports are played? And then what instruments? And uh, it just kind of takes them through each country and the weather, uh, does it snow, rain, and it's all, it's all just kind of written out and they just kind of read as they go. But most of it's a lot to do with pictures. Um, eventually the little kids, I probably want to incorporate, I do incorporate a little bit of voice so they can understand what's going on because some stuff gets a little bit confusing for the uh, younger ones. But uh, yeah, I just kind of take them to a whole presentation of each country. So I've done maybe 12 countries so far we've been. 
But I think it's cool that like you've been storifying the countries. You've taken a country that's maybe sort of like flat in kids' heads and you've given it a narrative and given it context. And so even, you know, littler kids at some point are going to start to connect when they see things maybe on the news or out in the world of, oh yeah, I remember, you know, like Iceland, you know, from Mr. Buchanan's video. And we, and I just, I think that's really important because even pre-COVID, not everyone had the privilege of traveling and having a worldview. And you're giving them a worldview in their house at, on their Chromebook, which I think um, is, is fantastic. It's, it's been fun to watch. Uh, when it comes to the foods, like Iceland had sheep head, and you can see the expressions when it pops up, like, ooh. <laughs> and then um, I traveled, I was in the army band, I was able to travel to different countries. So in Australia, I was holding a, a koala, and all of a sudden, you see the kids' expressions, like, oh, it's kind of cool to see their expressions when they're watching the move, too. So you kind of know what's coming up, and their expressions cracks me up. <laughs> One of the things I really enjoy about both of your content is that it's opening up the door for tangential learning where like they're intrigued by something they've heard from you. And there's that opportunity in that space of like Chrome to be able to open up a new tab and go off on like a little rabbit trail of the mind. I love that because what better hook is there to get kids to do this like sort of personalized, independent type of research. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I actually really struggled with music in school. And I think if I had a teacher like you, Andrew, I would have been able to connect visually because I'm a visual learner and it would have hooked me and I would have maybe been a musician. But <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fun. I bet I got George in one of them. We did a Thanksgiving special, but I did a Halloween special and I got a Christmas special coming up. Um, so uh, I had I got different clothes. I got pilgrim clothes now. I was in a turkey suit dancing with another turkey, um, doing the hokey pokey. Yeah. Um, and, and green screen. He's gotten super into green screen. And because he doesn't have kids, his whole room, the wall is a green screen. And I've so got, we, yeah. uh, he, he bought me a, a pilgrim costume. So we got to be pilgrims. For, yeah, it's been really fun. And the uh, kids are like, are you going to put that on your Google Classroom? Because they're always asking me. Yeah, it'll be on there so they can watch it again. Um, and there's game activities that we do in there. It's just been a lot of fun. I mean, I just having a ball dressing like a turkey is great. Um, I got Santa Claus suit coming in, so I'll be dressing like Santa Claus. Um, but that part, it's just it gives them a break, and it gives me a break because uh, I just because I can finally just kind of sit and watch and watch and enjoy the movie. But uh, that's been kind of fun. So doing yeah, my room's turning into a whole studio. I got two more green screens and lighting's coming in. It's going to have no, no room for kids. Right. <laughs> He's like, he wants to just zoom the rest of his career because now that he has his TV studio and we have this show, <laughs> we don't have time for live children. My, I, love, I, love you're, I love that you're talking about tangential learning. Like you started with Wii Video and then you're like, if only I had a green screen and if only it was really big and if only there were costumes. I love this. That's great. It literally my started next. with a pop-up green screen that I had, and then I brought in my big piece of fabric, and he's like, no, no, we need more, and there was money in the budget at his school, and so he went and asked the principal, so now, yeah, he's got lighting, he'll have two huge green screens, you know, the, um, the tripod for the, you know, camera, and the, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just been exponential and super fun to watch. Because 
my next adventure is, well, we started, but we couldn't get it to work, but I'll finish it, is uh, dressing like Bach, so Johann Sebastian Bach. And I bring him back in time, and then I interview him. So it's me dressed up, and then they'll show me, like, and I'm interviewing him. I want to do that with other composers. So they start knowing all the composers, Mozart, Beethoven. So I'll be dressing up and, like, interviewing their lives and so the kids will understand a little bit more about the composers. But, so. but you had a time machine to actually bring him back, which was cool. So, I mean, that can go on, I mean, you know, all for years. Yeah. Yeah. We did the one with Bach with the piano and playing the da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Oh, he's coming. I see him. I see him. So any music I play, I can bring the composer back. That's, that's going to be the that was That was his time machine. Yeah. The magic of the Casio time machine. Yep. Yes, it was. So I think you I think you might be the modern day Miss Frizzle. Like, this is a thing. Like, there was a whole magic school bus. Forget that. This is yeah. the time traveling musical composer business. I love it. <laughs> I got, I'm calling myself Mr. B Productions. So, eventually, I would love to do this and that would be it make movies and create and let for, for the classroom, for the music classroom. That is a wonderful sense of agency. I love that. Georgia, we, we focus a lot on like kids' sense of agency and, and the charge out of creating, but this is fantastic that adults, we're feeling this too. And you're never too far into your education journey to start doing something new. And when you're new at it, you just ask a lot of questions and do a lot of risk taking. And I just, this is so great. Thank you so much, you guys. And, and that is one of the reasons I definitely had wanted Andy on because I'd seen his journey and had been like alongside of him a lot with like phone calls daily in the spring for how do you do this? How do you? And so you're right. It is, it is nice to see someone go from, you know, I don't even really know how to like cut and paste necessarily on my computer to, you know, how do you do animations or how can I have myself in both shots? And just like, who are you? I know. I remember walking up to her. I was like, how do you do? I was in the class. How do you do this? I'm looking back now. Oh, my gosh. How far? Just by playing on it, experimenting, you yeah. just learn things. Even I think I showed Georgia a couple things on there like, oh, she didn't know. Yeah. So it's been a couple things you just learn and you just keep learning more. And it's been a it's been a trip. I really uh, it's it's been great. I mean, it wasn't for this uh, COVID-19 going on. I mean, I probably wouldn't have the time to do all this. So um it's been um, making lemons and lemonade a lot, which has been pretty tasty. So, which which distance learning? I mean, has tested our resiliency. But um, you know, Casey, have you seen some things where storytelling in class and things you've had to learn along the way that maybe you weren't like super good at, like in March? Um. Well, so my degree is in digital art and in art, so I had a little bit of a leg up there, but I. I've definitely learned the story side of it. So the visual representation I think I had down, but then the story I always kind of struggle with. Still today, I'm, that's what I'm working on is how to kind of tie it together to create a story. Um, yeah, no, I think the most I'm learning is just how to be organized. I think as an art teacher, I had a lot of freedom to just be like, hey, do you guys want to finger paint today? Or do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? And it kind of like was very organic and natural. And we could kind of, if something wasn't working, we could stop very quickly and try something new. Um, so distance learning has required me to be much more organized and scheduled and know exactly what I'm doing and have all my links ready and kind of be prepared, um, which is very new for me as a free spirit art teacher. Um, so I think I've done 
okay on that. I'm still trying to be a little bit more organized for the kids' sake. Um, but yeah. Casey, if we could, I'd love to just kind of end the conversation on a note of equity and how to build equity with kids and just uh, the representation in art. Could you talk about that? Um, I think this is something I started when I was at Indio High School when um, as a white art teacher, most of my students were students of color and I really didn't want to get stuck in the habit of showing them dead white guys, right? Like that's a lot of who they see. Um, and so I don't know if you guys during distance um, or back in April, there was something called the Getty Challenge where it was um, having people recreate an artwork. Um, and so Kehende Wiley was kind of my hook into that. So looking at what Kehende Wiley, he can turn, you know, a painting of, for example, for example, Christopher Columbus into someone current, a person of color, kind of representing a wider audience of people. And then I had my students then recreate a Kehende Wiley painting, right? So I know when a lot of times when students go into a museum, it's kind of overwhelming, right? And sometimes it's their first time in a museum ever. And all they see are these very old, very white people that they have no connection with. And, um, and so and then you turn the corner and then there is a Kehende Wiley painting and it just like sparks so much joy in them and they can imagine themselves in a museum. And so I think once they realize that they can be art, um, I just, it, it like lights up in their eyes and it's really, really wonderful. It's empowering for sure. I, I'm so glad that, that the idea of representation has become part of the broader conversation that we're having in education. Um, we've been having the conversation for a while, but I just am, am really grateful that there's so much consideration being given to that in terms of how we're encouraging our kids to create and why we're encouraging them to create. So in addition to art, you know, storytelling is our jam and we have always um, really appreciated most, I think those personal stories that come from our kiddos that help us understand their worldview and their lived experiences. So what, what a great note to end on. Thanks, Casey. Well, guys, this was a fabulous conversation, but we would like to take a little turn into the silly if you're game. We have a favorite activity called Five in 60. Georgia, do you want to explain? Yes, so we will ask you guys five rapid fire questions and you answer with the first thing that comes to mind. And because there's two of you, we're gonna kind of go back and forth. Um, so we'll say the person's name and then ask you the question and just first thing that comes to your mind. So Andy, you ready? I'm gonna start with you. Here's your first question. What is your go-to drink when storytelling fails? Hot chocolate. Casey, what is your weirdest distance learning moment? Ooh, one of my students has a pet pig and has made a couple guest appearances in class. And I'm not talking a tiny pig, a large pig. And so that's been really wonderful to see the little piggy. Andy, what piece of equipment could you not live without this year? Weightlifting equipment. Casey, what is the most surprising thing that you've discovered about yourself since embarking on the digital storytelling journey? Um, that I'm not nearly done learning. I think I've learned more about myself and about teaching in the last year than in the, the seven years teaching before this combined. So um, learning, 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 and I'm actually starting a master program to keep going and learning more.
Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. And our last question, what do you do to make Zoom more fun? Well, first of all, I teach arts. So that's already more fun than most subjects, in my opinion, <laughs> the electives. Um, but we listen to music. I let the students kind of be the class DJ for a day and they get to pick the music we listen to. Um, they share their animals. We talked about a piggy. They, you know, bring their bunnies and their cats and their little siblings into the Zoom meeting. Um, we've also played video games like Among Us and stuff like that when we've had little transition breaks. So it sounds like you're putting the zoo in Zoom. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I have two dogs and a cat and two children running around. So it's kind of a zoo at my house. <laughs> All right, Georgia, I think we are cruising toward our last fun activity. For people that have never heard this before, or Casey and Andrew have never played this before, um, we like to play Storymatic, where we draw two cards that usually have some sort of person or character and then you know something that may be going on with them and we create a story with a beginning middle and end and we only have one minute so there's three of us beginning middle and end we have one minute 20 seconds apiece so andy you're starting you just basically lay the story you get it started casey will add some juicy bits in the middle and i will try to tie it up in a bow the um character is monsters and the other one that was chosen is um like vet going to a vet okay are we ready <laughs> okay once about a time i had a lizard six foot lizard 150 pounds his name is charlie poor guy had diarrhea so i had to take him to the vet and can you imagine bringing a six foot lizard 150 pounds to a vet at the vet, poor Charlie scared all of the other animals. The puppies were hiding. The kitten cats were hiding under their tail. The bunnies were running for cover. And Charlie just wanted a friend. He wasn't feeling very good, and he just wanted to be loved. So while Tra Charlie's in the waiting room, feeling like no one loves him, out of the doctor's office comes a giant dragon named Bernie, who is... 300 pounds and six foot five and he looks at charlie and is like hey man i think we're from the same neighborhood and they make friends and charlie feels so much better about his his shape and size and being out of the ordinary that was amazing that was the most on time story we've ever had <laughs> one minute and eight seconds good job Woo! Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys so much for being our guests on today's episode. I loved listening to both of you and your students are so lucky to be in your classes. Thanks for joining us for Storytelling Saves the World. As always, our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and don't forget to give us a review. And if you have an idea for our podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs>